classic 80s metal. Symphonic death metal opera. But I've got to be in a mood to listen to Black Sabbath. Many of our listeners weren't even born then. Back for Chicago, very progressive. I can see there are thrash elements. You are a metal paradox. A stunning vision of death metal. I would listen to it over and over and over again today. It just seems so dated. I hear this more as operatic and goth. Florianson will surpass Halpert as the iconic heavy metal singer. You're listening to The Great Metal Debate Podcast. All right, friends, welcome back to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. This is our 18th episode. This is Gone Thog, your co-host, and joining me this evening is Brian, coming to you from the great state of Texas. How's it going, everybody? Brian, I think things are going well. Uh, Do you want to go ahead and give out the 800 number so people can call in and speak with us? It it would be uh, 1-800-NO-FREAKING-WAY are we going to talk with people. We like our own opinions. Okay, Gone Fog, refresh my memory. We're going to talk this week about a statement that was made by a female metal vocalist named Jill Janice of Huntress. Why don't you tell us what she said and what you found controversial about it? Brian, you may recall the Great Metal Debate, Episode 5. Oh, here comes. It's the only argument you've ever had against me for female vocals. The Great Metal Debate, Episode 5. You want me to say it for you? I do remember this. Go ahead. I said that the vocalist for Huntress sounds exactly the same as the vocalist for Carcaos. Veronica O. Rodriguez and Jill Janice sounded the same. And I'm standing by that statement because at that time, female metal vocalists were new to me, and they did all sound the same. Your misogyny aside, it was ironic to me this past week or so on Facebook, Jill Janice came out with a quote referencing the upcoming tour featuring Arch Enemy creator and Huntress. Jill Janice posted a picture of herself and Arch Enemy vocalist Elisa White Gluz stating, Elisa's a rarity and a powerhouse. I can't wait to tour this fall with Arch Enemy. It's not often that I dig female vocalists. Friend of the podcast, Veronica O. Rodriguez, on Facebook said, WTF? And I agree with her. What on earth is Jill Janice saying there? It's not often I dig female vocalists. One, she is a female vocalist. Two, there are many, many incredible female vocalists out there. Three, as I made the argument on podcast episode five, I believe... The female vocal range is as good or better for the traditional metal sound than is the male vocal range. Okay, we may have come across somewhat of a rarity here in that I'm going to agree with you in almost every aspect of what you just said. I will give you credit for this, Gomthog. You have opened my eyes to the world of the female metal vocalist, and I have gained a great appreciation for the ladies that wish to kick ass just as much as the guys kick ass. That being said, there are fewer female vocalists, and it is harder to find those that you appreciate. But they do add to the sound for me now, whereas my untrained ear, no, that's not true, my inexperienced ear couldn't differentiate back then. So I was mistaken in Podcast 5. I will say this. I don't agree with you that women are better at metal vocals. 
I would say that there are those out there that are just as good. Cobra and the Lotus. I mean, Cobra Page, I'm, she has an incredibly powerful voice, and she definitely doesn't sound the same as the other vocalists. I think that we're entering an age where the female vocalist will be just as accepted as the male vocalist. Better? I don't know. That can You can argue that, but definitely just as prevalent. I stand by my argument that the female vocal range is a better match for the traditional screaming metal sound than is the average male vocalist. You know, I look back at the uh, last five metal albums that I ordered. They're all female vocalists. I mean, it's almost, dare I say, passe to listen to a band, a metal band that has a male vocalist. Oh, that's the dumbest damn thing you've ever said. Are you serious? But that's the point, and that's the point I want to make, is that there's not one better than the other. It's not about enjoying a male or a female voice. It's about enjoying the music. And I have learned to appreciate the female voice. I can honestly say that. Now, I don't like symphonic metal. I think that's why the past five albums you've purchased have been female vocalists, because you love that genre, and that genre in particular affords itself a, a nice marriage of the female vocals and the metal sound, or the me- symphonic metal sound. Totally disagree. The reason is because I love melodic death metal. And melodic death metal, I would argue melodic death metal is best produced with a female vocalist. Let's, let's, take, this argu- let's take this discussion down to a particular level and, and concentrate on, in particular on what uh, Jill Janis said about Alyssa White was. So, do you enjoy her voice for Arch Enemy and for the her her former band, The Agonist? Oh my God, I'm a huge Alyssa White Gloves fan. I've seen her with The Agonist. I've seen her with Camelot, and in the fall, I'm so excited to see her fronting Arch Enemy. Brian, the only negative I have is that with Arch Enemy now, of course, there are no clean vocals. Yeah, you know, that being said, I don't appreciate her death growls as much as I do some of the other female vocals. Like, I don't think she's as good at that as Veronica Rodriguez is. Uh, Some of her clean vocals are decent, you know, and I like her as an artist, but I don't know that her voice is particularly good for the growl that's going to have to come out of her for Arch Enemy. Angela Gasso thought that she was good enough, and I mean, she is the quintessential death metal growler. Well... So, I, you know, I think Janice was wrong here. I think it was not the thing to say at the time. I think Veronica O. Rodriguez has a point in saying uh, WTF. And I think that, uh, well, I don't think Janice is going to back down from it. I mean, the princess of darkness, she calls herself, is certainly not going to back down. But I think that she is going to limit herself, like I used to limit myself, when I listened to her and Veronica O. Rodriguez to start with. I would just say that Jill Janice is the proof that her statement is wrong because she herself is the reason that you should dig female vocalists. I like that. I like that. Well said, Gomthog. Kudos to you. One point for this debate. Let's revisit a discussion that we started last week where I made the statement that I like to watch videos of the songs that we listen to as well as just listen to the song. For me... It adds an element that engages another one of my senses. It keeps me occupied. And, and I'll just go ahead and say this. There are songs out there that I enjoy simply because it's video form. And if I had to just listen to it, I don't know that I'd like it that much. Brian, I couldn't disagree more. 
it's ironic to me that you, being a creature of the 80s, would be such a fan of video. Back in the day, of course, you could only watch your videos at, on Saturday night during Headbangers Ball. I'm not really a fan of video, in particular, not a fan of concept videos. Yeah, but, but true. I lived for those Saturday night videos. They were so good and so entertaining. And it just added an element that I'd never seen before and that I appreciate to a great deal still. I would differentiate, I mean, basically two types of video. I mean, there's video footage that fans film live at the concert, what would be a video bootleg recording. You know, and that's fine. I don't mind that, although oftentimes I'll take those video bootlegs and just cut them down to an audio to listen to. Uh, Because to me, music isn't about staring at screens. Music is about what happens in your ears. I would say there's one thing that makes me believe that you're mistaken in this aspect. I tell you what, whatever you think, bands certainly recognize the video aspect of their creation because there are so many bands that make videos. As a matter of fact, I think I'm fairly sure that every band that we've talked about or looked at on this podcast has made videos. I'm talking about production videos, not, uh, not concert videos. The bands certainly recognize the viability of videos. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly something that they use to market their product. And that's how I would characterize concept videos. Concept videos are a tool by which bands market their product. But the product is the audio. No, the concept is an expression. It's another form of expression for the band. And it's another form of expression for the band. If you look at Carchaos's, uh latest video, what's that called? Um, the one that came off the last album. Uh, you're talking about Depths of Madness. That's right. And, and that is an expression that that band uses to display their music, their metal attitude, their intention with their music, I would say. And, and it certainly works well, especially for that video. But Brian, it's a concept video for one song off of a 10-song album. I think that that is not a symptom of the fact that they don't want to present their music in that form. I think if they could afford it, and if there was a demand for it, they'd make 10 out of 10 videos, because that's another venue where they can get people to listen to their music who wouldn't normally listen to their music. And that is a viable option for experiencing music and metal. I mean, I would say that's a supplemental way to experience music. But I will make the strong argument that although it adds another layer, it also detracts by taking away from the pure audiological experience. So you're an old school purist. You only like to hear the music. Even in the 70s, the artists appreciated the extra dynamic of a visual component to their music. And like it or not, there are visual components to some of the music we listen to. Purists miss out on so much because they refuse to accept things that are different. So let's talk about that. You said every song that you chose had a video associated with it. Yes. So you literally are limited by songs that have videos associated. For example, on this Car Chaos album, Empire, you literally limit yourself to one track that the band happened to have created a concept video for. Oh, dude, have you heard Eden off that album? That song is so kick-ass. I, I love that song. What do you mean, song. have I heard Eden? I listened to the album. The album is one piece of artwork. I'm not debating that. 
I would say I would love it if they would make 10 out of 10 videos for that album because I would like to experience what they visually think of the song. I experience music on a purely listening level, but I enjoy much more when it has that extra component of being able to see how they visualize the concepts they're singing about. So let me ask you this, Brian. When you listen to podcast episode five, my pick of Car Chaos, The Tempest, you didn't listen to the music purely. You watched the content video they had for that song. Yes. As a matter of fact, that video helped me enjoy that song more than if I had just listened to the song. I think that that video distracted you from actually listening to any of the music. Because you claimed that there was a keyboard solo in that song, which objectively there isn't. I think you saw a keyboard player in the concept video, and in your mind, because you weren't focused on the music, you were focused on the visual, your mind interpreted seeing that keyboard player as, there must be a keyboard solo. It's distracted you, and you're not able to actually listen to the music. There is a piano break in that song. There is. I mean, we can go back and look at that if you want to. I've challenged you now for months and months to do that, and you've never, uh, you've never come up with an uh, example. Well, because I've never there's cared not enough to come up with an example, but I, I'll oh, bring it up. There because is it, because an example. Yeah, it's I mean, objectively I'll, I'll, not in there. I'll record the time. Let's, let's, so let's talk about another song, Brian, that I, I'm going to guess that you watched the concept video to, which is Soil Work, Realm of the Wasted. Yes, yes, I watched that video. You were surprised when I indicated that there was a keyboard lead break. I was surprised. And indeed, I didn't, and indeed said, I, I didn't notice it. Brian, maybe if you yeah. would actually listen to the music instead of watching a screen, you might, I don't know, maybe hear the actual music. I would just say watching I, a screen is not listening to music. I would say experiencing music, which you seem to be so afraid of, it's more than just listening. It's it's feeling the music. It's seeing the music. It's hear. It's it's definitely hearing the music. I do hear the music, but it's all about what I notice when I experience the song that decides for me whether or not I like this song and want to experience it again. Does the food taste good or does it not? And ultimately, you can only really taste your food through a screen. Yeah, because you say that, you talk about me being the master of bait and switch. You're the master of putting words in my mouth that never were there in the first place. I'm just saying, looking at a screen is not listening to music. And I stand by that. Yeah, and I say that looking at a screen is more than just listening to music. And I think you're missing out on a very, not just important part, but a very enjoyable part of the music. For now, we're going to have to disagree. Video, for me enhances the music it's an extra dimension it's another way of expression and for you it's not anything to do with listening to the music which you consider to be a pure act in and of itself is that fair i love concert video that's basically a approximation of one being at the concert so if someone's recording a bootleg audio or video i'm all into that but concept videos i mean that's fine i i might watch it once but I'll probably only ever watch it once. And, and I like concert video, too. I mean, I, I enjoy both aspects of, of the video part of that music. And so, you know, for there, I, you know, I, would, I would tend to side with you. 
uh, I love the idea of uh, being able to see them create the music in a live uh, performance. So, <laughs> uh, but for the concept video, we're going to have to forget about that. I got one more thing I want to talk about before we leave the subject of, you know, different aspects of enjoying the music. I'll talk about two bands that we talked about today, Biohazard and Sepulchre. These are metal bands that have something to say. These are metal bands that speak of topics that are socially or politically relevant. It's not a metal thing, but I want to talk about this in the metal arena because those particular bands, you know, Biohazard in particular, they don't have a huge fan base. So when a band has something to say, does that make them activists? especially if not a lot of people are listening, or does it just make them expressive? I can't speak to Biohazard because I'm, I'm not a fan. I couldn't tell you a band member. I couldn't tell you a song. I couldn't tell you an album. But I can speak to Sepultura, for whom I am a big fan. I have several albums holding right. the Against album in my hand. Classic album from uh, Sepultura way back in 1998. I particularly yeah. love their album Roots, which is one of my favorites. That's the one before this one, even. That's even earlier. You're talking way, way back. Oh, I thought that was a new album. No, most of Sepultura's albums have been recorded since Against. Really? You understand that it's 2014, Brian. Well, let me give you an example of, and and this will be relevant, you'll see. You talked about you can't name a band member or a song or an album of Biohazard, and so you don't like them. I can name none of those things either, but I kind of like the band. It doesn't have to be about the band for me. It's more about the song and the content of that song, whether video, visual, listening, what have you. I mean, that's fine. I I would never call myself a fan if I couldn't talk about albums, band members. That's not a fanatic. Fanatics are fanatical because they because they live and die for it. Because they obsess, spending no, hours, no. days, weeks, months, years obsessing. That's what a fanatic is. There are Brian, degrees fan. of fans. I'm a fan of music. That's what I am a fan of. Oh, you're a, you're not really a fan. You're just someone who likes something. Yeah, you can tell me that all you want, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to listen to a song from Biohazard that I love fifty times in one day. You know, you don't get to determine whether my fanhood. Uh, meet your criteria or not. You can listen to a song 50 times a day, and that's fine. I would determine your fanhood based on how fanatical you are about the band. You know, there's only one band that I live and breathe and die by, and you know what that band is, but that doesn't mean that I'm not fans of others. I, I think you miss out on a lot of good music because you refuse to call yourself a fan you know, you don't like a certain song that Motley Crue puts out, and so you dismiss them. You don't like Metallica because after a certain time, they went sort of pop metal on you. But that doesn't mean that they didn't put out excellent freaking music before that. It doesn't mean that you have to not enjoy that part of it. Why? I'm not missing out. I just don't waste my time with quasi-metal crap. I listen to actual metal oh, bands, God. and there's plenty of them. So you, yeah, that, does, that doesn't have anything to do with being a bait-and-switch, dude. That's you being fucking wrong. That's what it is. You know I, that I, you and I have headbanged to that song so much that we got brain damage. You know that. I don't know. I mean, you make a lot of claims about what happened at parties at your house, and I'm sure you you probably had control of the turntable, but just because I was there at your house, when you put something on the turntable doesn't mean I endorsed it. But 
back to the topic. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Sepultura. So, I mean, I think, Brian, I can speak to, certainly they do have a social commentary in many of their lyrics. And, I mean, that's, to me, a important, not overwhelmingly important, but an important part of their music. And I, I don't have any problem with that. But that doesn't necessarily add to the enjoyment of the music for you, right? I enjoy that in the sense that I recognize it, but I wouldn't say it's a necessary component. I would never say that including social justice issues is a necessary or required element of metal. Okay, man, uh, thank you for saying that, because I feel the same way about the video component. It's not a requirement, but it certainly adds to it. It seems to limit your understanding of metal. No, it, it may limit my remembering who's in what band and what album and when it came along, but if that is the price for enjoying metal, then I'm not sure I want to be a metal fan. I want to enjoy the music regardless of the requirement. And I would say that if you put those requirements on metal fans, then you're about 50% of the people that you do that to, you're going to lose from your corner. I mean, metal's about just freaking experiencing, exploding, enjoying, headbanging, loving the music. No. Metal is about M, majestic sound, E, extreme vocals, T, terrible notes, A, allegiance to the Dark Lord Below, and L, lyrical darkness. That's what metal is about, Brian. And I would say Philip Anselmo would tell you that the L of metal is about lick my sack, buddy. That's, That's a dark statement, so I don't have any problem with that. I would say, you know, he could say, lick my sack with a smile on your face, and it wouldn't matter. That's what metal's about. It's about the attitude. It's about the enjoyment. It's about the grabbing you by the balls and come on and experience this. Well, Brian, before we go, I have uh, one other item I'd like to just toss out to you, and it's... Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I, I can't help but express myself. I just heard the trumpet sounding, and now his face I see. Oh, the key is coming. Yes, Brian. Well, you know. The king truly is coming. He is risen. So I have a theory about your love of King Diamond and all things. Uh, I have a theory about your love of the A in your definition of metal. Do you want to hear that theory? Absolutely, Brian. I don't think you do because it's going to blow you out of the water. Dude, I think that your love for the king and for all things uh, allegiance to the Dark Lord came about as a result of your protest against the conservative right beliefs that you were exposed to as a youth? Maybe. I, I mean, I, Brian, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's not uh, an element of uh, my attraction to the dark side of heavy metal music. I mean, I don't think you're a Satanist. I think you love getting a, a burr under the ass of, of, the, of what you consider to be the Christian right. I, and I think your acceptance of all things 
dark and evil, if you will, is a result of that. Now, that doesn't mean you don't genuinely like the music now, but I think you've been led in a certain direction. Yeah, I think you're taking that a little far. I mean, if you're implying that the reason I listen to heavy metal music is for the purpose of sticking it to some right-wing religious ideologue, I mean, the answer to that is no. I don't think that you listen to this music simply because you want to be anti-Christian right. But I think that part of your upbringing and leading into this comes as a result of that. I'm not sure how my listening to music is sticking it in anyone's face. Well, I think it's an extension of you loving to stick it in someone's face. I think that's that's a sort of a side effect. I mean, I think subconsciously you accept this music because you know it's not well liked among you know the populace, uh, the rebe- the rebel. The uh, the antithesis, you like that part of the music. Well, now we're in agreement, because as I've said before, heavy metal is not a popular music style. It is a style that uh, is for rebels, for people on the fringes, and that is part of what attracts me to it. Okay, okay. You know, at least there's that part of it. Uh, let's talk specifically about the king, because in in, in undergoing a task which you set me to, this week to prove you wrong about something. I listened to a lot of the King's music, and I've got to tell you, the King has a tremendous vocal range, but I, it is so hard for me to like his music because his voice is what distracts me from it. It's like having, oh, I don't know, a synthesizer solo right in the middle of a metal song. When you say it distracts you, I honestly don't know what you mean. Distracts you from what? Okay. From listening? Okay, I get it. You know, I often talk about a song grabbing me by the balls and just carrying me along, you know, saying, come with me. And and that takes me, that starts me on a journey of enjoyment. And it has a lot to do with the distortion and the guitars and the loudness and the beat. And most of the time in the songs that I listen to, the vocals add to that. When When I listen to King Diamond, I get that. The guitars grab me. Here we go, the beat, the intensity, the loudness, the distortion. And then his voice comes in where it sounds like someone's just taking little razor blades and cutting his balls so he screams high enough. And it pulls me away from that trip that I want to take with the music. It distracts me from my trip. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Brian, but it almost sounds like you're saying there's a certain level of enjoyment I get from music. Yes. And listening to it can distract from that enjoyment. Really, almost you're saying, the music is just a means to provide my enjoyment. Well, I am a creature, uh, I am a creature with addictive habits. And for me, the songs that I define as heavy metal, which you, you know, vehemently disagree to, that satisfies that addiction in me. And anything that distracts me from getting that satisfaction from the high that I want from the music is something that I don't like in my music. And for me, the King's voice at times does that, especially the real high-pitched squealing and screaming, which I think he definitely does on purpose. It accomplishes what he wants. It gets the listener, I almost think it's his purpose to make the listener uncomfortable. Yes, that's a great description, absolutely. Yeah, and for me, I don't want to be uncomfortable. It shocks me that you would say that you don't like the vocals making you uncomfortable when one of, 
I would argue the essential elements of metal uh-huh. is dissonance. So I, I guess I'm not sure why it is that you would enjoy dissonance in the guitar sound and not a like dissonance in the vocals. Well, you know, I, I think that's a valid point. And, and my only answer is, your favorite answer of mine is, you know, I like what I like. And, and so... There, it's not an answer. There are certain voices, but it's a truth. It may not be your answer, but it's a truth for me. I, I think it is truth, but it, it's not an answer to the question. Well, but, it's an, but, but I listen to certain voices, and I like dissonance in, in, in a lot of heavy metal voices. I like the growls and the screams, but there's something about his voice that doesn't satisfy that that need uh, to get high off that music, if you will. That's the best way I can describe it. You know, good metal music gets me high, and when I'm distracted from that high, then that's not as enjoyable to me. I appreciate the fact that he's talented, and he tells great stories. It's just not the kind of music that I would put on and listen to every day. I'll certainly invest time to hear it, and enjoy parts of it, but it's not my everyday jam. It's not going to be on my weekly playlist a lot. It surprises me on several levels. One, again, your, your thing about, you know, I mean, you basically said his voice is dissonant, and, I, and, and that bothers you when I would say, wow, that, that should be, say, extremely metal sort of approach to, to, to bring dissonance with the vocals. And it reminds me, indeed, of an interview I was reading with uh, guitarist Michael Arnault from... Uh, Arch Enemy, where they were asking him uh, yeah. about the vocals and whether you would ever see clean vocals in Arch Enemy. Uh-huh. And his response to that in, was, in part, that in our music, the guitars sing, the vocals play a different role. The vocals are providing harshness and dissonance. Yeah, I, I really like that answer. And some of the stuff they've done with uh, Elisa White Glove, Gloves, I really enjoy that, actually, you know. Um, and so I appreciate that answer, but I think your dissonance fits perfect with the king because, again, it brings out the rebel in you, the antithesis of what is accepted or popular, and you you are drawn to that. I think you kind of get high on that part of it, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, like I said, I appreciate the fact that you love the king and, and that the king is coming. I just wish you hadn't used the Gaithers to announce it. Your phrase there that I get high on. It. Yeah. I would never use language like that, nor would I use language about, you know, like grabbing me by the genitals and pulling me along or right. getting me going. Right, right. I mean, that's not how I conceive of the music at all. Yeah, I, and I don't think you have to. I mean, that's just the best way I know how to describe it. And I know you wouldn't describe it that way, but that's how I see you enjoying the music. I, I think you overanalyze, obviously, but I think I underanalyze sometimes, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, I like what I like isn't answer enough. It's not enough answer for me, that's for sure. Yeah, and I have tried to live my life according to what you think, but I just can't do it all the time, Gompug. You just have to keep getting up every day, looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I need to perform like Gompug expects me to. (laughs) I will try that. I don't know how good it's going to work, but I'll try it. So let's wrap this up. I'm going to give you the final word on the king. The king is coming, and I'm excited about it, man. I've never seen him live, and uh, this is going to be a a rare opportunity to see the master in action. And 
I, I mean, I, I literally get goosebumps thinking about hearing him sing those classic tracks. And with that, we'll end this podcast, but we want you to stick around. We thank you, listeners, for listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this particular debate. The King is coming. Until next time, think on these things.